Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Combat Sports Saturday Slate. I'm your host Ryan Fahey from Best of All Leading League Sports and let's go ahead and get into this incredible combat sports weekend we got here. UFC 289, the UFC returns to Canada for the first time in a long time as we actually have a pretty, uh, we have a little bit of a sleeper card I'd like to say. So let's take a look at some of the biggest matchups on the card. So Nate the Train Landerware versus Dan 50k Ige. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be an absolute fun fight right here. If you you like two guys who just like to go to war and on top of that just ready to have a stand-up brawl this is the fight for you but let me tell you personally when it comes to Dan Ige I think he has a little bit of the edge when it comes to his power in his hands um, and on top of that he has a really great high quality wrestling game as well as a black belt in jiu-jitsu he's very very good when it comes to that aspect and he's very aggressive or he'll just attack on the outside however if you take a look at how Nate has been able to bounce back after you know he's right now he's on a three fight win streak and he's actually doing really well but personally I think that Dan has a little bit more experience than Nate has a little bit more experience going up against some of the elite in the division. But uh, nonetheless, if Nate wins this or Dan wins this, they're at least in the top 15 for featherweight. So personally, in this matchup, I got Dan Ige by finish. Then let's take a look at the big matchup for the fellow Canadians out there. Mike Malott versus Adam Fuggett. So let's take a look at Mike Malott. He's a very, he's a very explosive striker with a very slick ground game. And the only way that Fuggett's going to win this fight, I mean, don't get me wrong, he is a really good... Um, he has a lot of knockout power and he's and he's very decent on on his striking However, if he does not get his defense up against Mike Malott, he's gonna be in trouble. So take a look for uh, Fug it to try to make this fight a little bit of a stand-up brawl But personally, I think that Malott could probably take him down and get the finish by submission So I got Mike Malott by finish now Let's take a look at the co-main event of the evening Probably one of the best fights that I've seen on the card and a lot of people said that this is the real main event but personally this right right here for lightweight, this is a fight that, you know, deserved to be a five-round fight on its own. But right now, it's probably going to be one of the best fights right now to make at 155. And it's finally a, a great sight to see at 155 because we have two of the best in the division stacking up against each other. And we get to see Benil Dariush go up against Charles Oliveira. So obviously, you know, Charles Oliveira, he's a very durable striker and he has an insane... Um, training camp every time when he goes to uh, shoot the box in in Brazil and also he has a very sharp laser like striking when it comes to straight punches and the one thing is he really presses forward with his Muay Thai and although he presses forward he gets clipped a lot I mean we've seen him get dropped against Justin Poirier Justin Gaethje and then on top of that he got he got dropped by Islam Makashev the new champion at 155 however if he can rely on his striking and he does have a pretty good chin, even though he gets clipped a little bit. He he just needs to be very defensive when it comes to someone like Benil Darius, who can also get clipped. But um, Benil has been fighting a little bit more patient, and he's been able to use his wrestling. And on top of that, he's been able... Like, his last performance against Gamrot was a really good one. But, however, if, if Charles can push the pace and pressure Benil, he has to throw... The combinations that he normally does, like for example, um, he would throw he would throw a a flying knee, a right hand, and then a front kick against Gaethje when he when he uh, when he fought um, when he fought when he uh, when he had to vacate his style because he lost weight. And then on top of that, he mixes up his strikes with his jujitsu really well because um, whenever he he kind of wears his opponent down by being all up in your face, like act like he's acting like he's war ready, he's ready for a fight, but it's not acting. He's there for it. And personally, if he stays 
and trades with Benio, I don't think that's a good idea because Benio is a very powerful puncher. Um, you know, but Poirier and Gaethje were the exact same way. However, it seems that both of these guys, it's it's almost like a mirror reflection with the two styles because you know you have Charles who has who has great grappling, and on top of that, like his wrestling has gotten so much better, and his jujitsu is is slim to none. And, and that's the same thing for, for Dariush. I mean, Dariush has that exact same style. He has great wrestling pressure. And on top of that, he has a great ga- he has a great ground. Like, his ground game is so much better than people give him credit for. And he is a great jiu-jitsu specialist. I mean, what he did against Tony Ferguson, I mean, he just put up a grappling clinic. And he did exactly what he needed to do. And that was the last time we saw him in the octagon because he was originally going to fight uh, the new champion, Islam. But he, but he broke his leg, which is unfortunate. However, in this fight right here, if... If Charles can make Benil miss, and on top of that, if he can, if he can stand in his face and just take advantage of the counters, personally, Charles could probably get this fight. He he, he might he might be able to do that. And if he mixes up his striking with his jujitsu, he might be able to put he might be able to put Darius in trouble. However, for Darius, like I said, he's a very powerful and a, an aggressive striker. Um, and he will be he will either have you on the feet. Or he will have you on the ground with his excellent jiu-jitsu transitions. I mean, he did a really good job. Um, and he forced the forward pressure in, in Gamrot in his last fight. He, he made he made Gamrot shoot uh, after he landed a mean left hand. And then on top of that, Gamrot just Gamrot wanted to take take the fight to the ground, obviously. But Benil was able to hand that set was was like he was fine enough to uh, handle that steadily. And he did a really good job. And my thing is this. Um, you really need to watch out the type of strikes that Benil throws in this type of matchup because um, you see Dariush in his last fight again, again against Gamrot. Um, he mean he he landed like a, a mean body kick, and then on top of that, he was he was also throwing overhands to pressure Gamrot to shoot, and his his striking um, there was probably some of the best I've seen it. And then on top of that, we've seen him get cracked against against Drakkar Close, but then he came back and, and knocked out Drakkar Close. So he's able to get battle tested, and on top of that, he he knows how to how to make finishes, and um, he he can set up opponents really well. So I, I think that if Benil wins this fight, both of these guys are gonna are gonna come forward regardless. It doesn't matter how it happens, but they're gonna come they're gonna come to, they're gonna come together in the middle of the octagon and start like mixing it up. And, and personally, I think that uh, the way that Benio wins this fight, if he uses his wrestling and on top of that, he just he just uses his, his pressure to make maybe Charles go to the ground. Uh, but as far as as far as that, my prediction for the fight, I personally think that Benio will win by decision, even though in this fight, I, I've fi- I really want to see a rematch between uh, Islam versus versus uh, Charles. But if, if Benio wins, personally, I think that he's next in line, no doubt about it. And. Uh, whoever wins the next fight with uh, Gaethje and, and Poirier uh, in July, personally, I think that um, after after whoever wins this fight, um, the winner of Gaethje and Poirier will be next for the title. Now, moving on to the main event, we have Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana. So everyone knows that the biggest storyline into this into this fight was it was originally supposed to be Amanda Nunes versus Pena three. That was originally going to be you know, what was going to happen, but unfortunately, Pena broke her rib, and then one thing that I found interesting, she, she left a comment yesterday, um, and she said that, she said something along the lines of, Nunez can't draw flies to squat, and, and I made her relevant by beating her, and personally, I disagree with that, the reason why is because, look at Nunez, I mean, the reason why not a lot of people talked about Nunez was because of how dominant she was, 
Like a lot of a lot of people said that, oh, this is gonna be the one, this is gonna be the one. And then he dominated. I mean I mean, no, she dominated. She dominated and, and she did exactly what she needed to do every time she went out there. Um and personally with with Pena saying that, she she's really she's really trying to get into uh, Amanda's head. But personally, if Amanda if Amanda knows anything about that, the last fight she won convincingly. She she dominated Pena on every aspect, and Pena had no idea what to do. And Pena basically talked her way into the third fight, and then she broke a rib, which is unfortunate. But um, if this fight happens again, which personally it probably will, I think I think Pena is probably gonna probably gonna repeat the same performance that just happened. Uh, personally, I think that Nunez will be a little bit more stronger on the wrestling department, and on top of that, Nunez is an overall better striker than Pena. And, and I don't think anyone disagrees with that. But anyway, let's get back into the actual fight. So Amanda Nunez, you know, the undisputed women's goat of MMA. Um, her striking is some of the most uh, deadly striking that we've seen in MMA. And she has incredible finishes over the likes of Holly Holm, uh, Ronda Rousey. And on top of that, uh, her ground game is very underrated too. I mean, she was able to dominate Megan Anderson, just taking her to the ground and just control her the entire time. That wasn't even like really that much of a fight. It was just a, it was just a great showing of Nunez's IQ. And then on top of that with her wrestling, her wrestling is some of the, some of the most underrated it seems. And She's been able to get finishes, and also she's been able to be in wars. For example, when she fought Valentina Shevchenko twice. And I honestly think that Nunez, the next time Nunez uh, will get this fight against against Pena, if it does happen. Personally, I think that Nunez will be able to uh, pick her apart just like she did in the second fight. But the one thing that Nunez does a great job of, um, she does a really good job with, with how she strikes, how she mixes it up, and then on top of that, how she's been able to grapple and control on the ground. And that's something that uh, Irene Aldana really has to watch out for. But here's the thing. She's a very clinch. She's a very great clinch um, wrestler slash he she works really good in the clinch and then on top of that her her volume striking might be a little bit of the of the difference maker here because if Pena I mean no not Pena if Nunez gasses out personally I think that you you really need to look at how Aldana is going to be pressuring and using her volume and then on top of that she's exceptionally well on the ground as well but personally, if if Nunez can mix the wrestling that she has, while while she's probably gonna get pressured by Aldana, personally, Aldana needs to win this fight by by putting on the pressure. However, she cannot gas herself out in five rounds versus Nunez because Nunez will make her pay. And the same thing for Nunez. Nunez can't afford to gas out either. And personally, this right here, if she's she's gone five rounds before I, Aldana has, but personally, I I think that. When it comes to the grappling department, I think that's going to be the the real X when it comes to when it comes to going in here. This is probably going to be the X factor for Nunez. So personally, I think that I think that this fight right here is going to be Nunez by decision. And last but not least, guys, we have the huge boxing match for the junior welterweight title in boxing between Josh Taylor and Tia Fimo Lopez. So let's take a look at these guys. Both of these guys are young stars. Uh, Josh Taylor's undefeated. Tia Fimo has been taking a little bit of time off from the ring, um, and. Personally, I think this fight, the way this fight goes, is, I mean, we know we know that Tio brings a lot of of striking power and on top of that, just punching power. We know that. However, if if Taylor can do can can do anything right, he can really fight aggressive. And on top of that, if he wears down 
T.O. by making a miss. Personally, I think Taylor's going to cruise to a win, so look for Taylor by decision. But thank you guys for listening to this, this episode of Combat Sports Saturday Slate. I will talk to you guys next time. Tomorrow, I'm going to be dropping a podcast on everything going on right now in the Live Tour, in the PGA Tour merger. Then on top of that, how the Nuggets are up 3-1. And then last but not least, we have some of the biggest news in the NFL when it comes to trades, so stay tuned for that.